Hands lifted, voices lifted one more time. All across this building. Simply because he's God and he's here. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Let's do this. Let's just lift our voice in a shout of praise. Use your voice like a weapon. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. Here's another wave. Here's another moment. Here's the defining moment. You'd have had to have been here this morning, but somebody needs to go to the door. Somebody needs to go to the door. Peter's knocking. Peter's knocking. Somebody needs to go let it in. Mm. I told them, I told them this morning that Acts chapter 12 gives the story of Peter being in prison. The great preacher of Pentecost, man with the keys, put into prison. And the Bible says, and the church went to praying. And they fervently prayed. They let nothing get in the way of their prayer. And then all of a sudden, somebody starts knocking on the door. And I noticed it wasn't. Any of the prayer folk that got up and went to the door, it was a little lady named Rhoda. And Rhoda went to the door and opened it up. She said, hang on just a minute. I, I don't know how you could be here. Because we're still praying for your deliverance. 
And the Bible says that she shut the door and went in and said, Hey, folks, I, I think Peter's at the door. And they looked at her and said, Thou art mad. Is it possible? Is it possible that what this church has prayed for for 40 years is actually here? Is it possible that it's going to take somebody to get up and let it in? That's what I hear in the Holy Ghost right now. Mm. Lord have mercy. I was... I had all my cans of gasoline and I was throwing it on the fire. But I am, I am here of mandate and necessity for the next few minutes and I do not want you to quit worshiping. I do not want you to lose what you've been doing. It, it just, it just right. That's the atmosphere that's needed right now. If you're here without the Holy Ghost, if you're here visiting, we will have an altar call for you in just a little while. The Holy Ghost is yours. We believe you're going to leave here full of the Spirit of God. We believe your world is going to radically change tonight. Not next week and not later, but tonight. Amen. 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 I I want to obey the Holy Ghost. Go with me to the Word of the Lord in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1 and 2. To my lovely wife who is watching tonight. I just miss you like crazy and um, uh, look forward to her being here with me very soon. Amen. The better part of me has yet to arrive. I'll say it, I'll say it right. I, I don't need to lie tonight. The best part of me has yet to arrive. Amen. And give honor to Bishop and Sister Wright. Give honor to your pastor. Give honor to the leadership of this church. And give honor to the saints of God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. I know it's very familiar, but I believe tonight that there's something here for us. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness, say darkness, was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said... Let there be, I like this part, and there was light. You got to say it just like that. You got to make it matter of fact, and there was light. Just like, and God said, and there was. God called the light day and the darkness. He called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. I want to preach to you tonight on an atmospheric change. An atmospheric change. There is a change in the atmosphere of Antioch. I, I need the Lord to touch my body, give me strength tonight, touch my throat with a sound man. If I break it, I'll tear it up, but help me. I mean, if I break it, they'll pay for it. Clap your hands and give the Lord praise one more time. <clears throat> Thank you.
You may be seated. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And the earth was formless. It was unshaped. It was unstructured. It was empty. It was dark. And the earth He created. As it was, as it came out of His mouth, evidently and obviously could not support what He was about to do. So the Bible says that His Spirit hovered upon it. It brooded over it. It existed on top of it. It just simply waited on it. So I have the word of the Lord coming in its beginnings. Let there be and there was. And then I see the Holy Ghost hovering over what he had spoken. Waiting for something more to transpire and take place. And the Bible says that he visited again. And out of what he had spoken into existence... He pulled something out of it. And the Bible 3 and 5 of Genesis said, Let there be light, and there was light. Watch me. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, but the Spirit of God moved upon it. And then 3, 4, and 5 says, And God said, He had already said, but now he's saying again, let there be light. And he saw the light that it was good. And he divided light from darkness. And he called the day, he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And then it is the next statement that blows my mind. He says, and the evening and the morning were the first day. We are a people so ingrained in our theology to rejoice at the breaking of day. But the breaking of day is the ending of God's timetable. It is not the day that we should be celebrating, but it is the evening time and the darkness. Because God has always done His best work under and in the disguise of darkness. You'll curse it, but you ought to bless it. You'll get mad at it, but you ought to rejoice in it. And the evening and the morning are the first day. So God gets ready to move a congregation deeper. God gets ready to move a man or a woman deeper. He first turns the lights off. And he begins to do what only he has the power to do. And when he is done, he allows the light to reveal what is finished. I celebrate the breaking of day because I have endured the night. Though weeping may endure for a season, joy cometh. I said joy cometh, joy breaketh in the morning. Oh, let there be a high praise here right now. Hallelujah. God separated, God separated, God divided, God built up. And God pushed down. Let the firmament 6, 7, and 8. Let the firmament be in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. 
And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning for the second day. So now I look back and I see that God separated the water on earth and the waters of the heavens by creating the sky. He expands between waters and the earth and the heavens is the sky. He divides in order to bring order. He divides in order to bring order. Because now at the conclusion of the first day and the second day, he has now created what we look back and call an atmosphere. Mm. My God in heaven, before God created anything that lived, he first set the atmosphere. Before any life, before any plant, before animals or the fowls of the air or the fish of the sea. And way before man got there, he began to work on the atmosphere. May I rise to the occasion on this Sunday night and preach that God's revival must have an atmosphere. It cannot exist in chaos all of its days. It cannot live under the disguise of darkness all of its life. But do not misunderstand chaos. Don't misunderstand the darkness of night. Because it's in that season that God says, If you'll walk with me, if you'll trust me, if you'll abide in me and with me, when the day cometh, you'll look back on it and you will see that it is good. I don't want to preach long. I need you to help me tonight. I know what it's like to go through crisis and calamity. I know what it's like for it to rain on the just and the unjust. But I've lived for God long enough and lived life just long enough to be able to look back on the worst moments of my life and say, it was good. For real? You haven't come out of your pity party yet, have you? But hopefully tonight you will. You're going to live for God long enough and live long enough to say, It was good. I may not have understood it. I may not have liked it. But I look back on it and say everything that God did was good. Come on, congregation. For we know, for we know, for we know that all things work together for the And God made everything. John said without him was not made anything that was made. What a statement. God in his infinite wisdom made everything. From the beginning. From that moment he made it all. How? By opening up his mouth and saying, let there be. And there was. Don't let me bore you with Genesis 1. And God said, let the firmament, boom. God said, let the waters, boom. God said, let the earth, boom. But when he come to man, he didn't say anything until after it was done. But with man, he didn't speak it into existence. 
He formed man out of a pre-existing substance. For the word came. I'm just, I just need to know you're with me. And God said, you're going to be different, man. I'm going to form you out of the dust of the earth. And when man was an empty temple of perfection, when man had the ability to do anything and everything like God, he said, you're whole, but you're not alive. You have potential, but you have no power. And now, in order to equip you for the mandate that I placed in you... I'm going to breathe in you the breath of life. I'm going to allow my spirit to touch you. Look up here, saint of God. You're not some average Christian. You're not just some poor Pentecostal. But the same spirit that breathed into Adam touched your life. And whatever Adam had the power to do, Please don't sit there tonight thinking that you are powerless. Please don't keep living for God and thinking that you have to put up with whatever hell hands you. For God said, Adam, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give, come on congregation, you have power. You have authority. You have dominion. Here was the purpose. Here was the purpose of everything that was created. Here was the purpose of an earth, a moon, a sun, stars, and skies. Here was the reason that there were trees. Here was the reason that oxygen had to be given and taken. Here was the reason that the earth could not live under constant sunshine. But it had to be masked in the lateness of a day. It had to be kissed by the midnight hours. Not just because and for the sun. Not just and because for the birds to sing. But God knew the very best, the very most awesome part of my world. I'm fixing to put in that environment. And I cannot place something that has to have life to live in an atmosphere that is not conducive for it to stay alive. Here we go. I got a big axe here tonight and I got a big tree. I curse the paradigms of Pentecost. I curse some of our culture. It is our greatest enemy. I am to the point of fearing that my greatest enemy is not outside the church, but it's inside the church. When that old king couldn't get God's people, he hired an old nasty prophet. He said, I got to destroy them. And he tried everything to come to the end of the day and say it like this. You can't bless what God's cursed, nor can you curse what God has blessed. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? But the story doesn't end there. That old prophet backed up and said, do it like this. If you can't get them to sin, if you can't get them to curse God, let them have a bunch of stuff. Make them think they're blessed beyond measure. And it won't be long. And they will self-destruct. Let me tell you something, Antioch. As big as it is, it's not big enough. As much as you've got, you don't have near enough. As many people as you influence, you're not influencing enough. 
Let me preach to you. Because God has a great big world that He loves more than anything else that He wants to give you. I believe that prayer is the foundation upon which anything must be built upon. It always gets quiet when folks think you're talking against prayer. I'm not talking against prayer. You, you, you have no power with God if you don't have a bended knee. I'll just slow down and say it 50 different ways. Oh, pastor, you say you pray, you stay. You fast, you last. You stop, you drop. You pray, you stay. You fast, you last. You stop, you drop. It's very simple living for God. Discipline the flesh. Pray in the spirit. Don't make it more complex than that. That's the duty of a Christian. But somebody needs to help me. That is foundational. I know, I know, sometimes we get in this theology that thinks that we have power to do what we want to do. I watched some of you tonight and no doubt, no doubt you're powerful. But how, how powerful can you be if you're not demonstrative in your worship? I always, I always seem to say the wrong thing. You know, God made this this way. He said, it's the foolishness of preaching that I've chosen. Believe me, I'm working hard tonight. My, my, yeah, my, my body does not like my profession. I, I have literally, I have literally taken and poured, took my shoes off on a platform and poured sweat out of my shoe. I, I, but but that's that's God's economy. God says, "I'm gonna make you work, boy." I, well, I'll just sit right here a while. This is the way God ordained it. This is how it's supposed to be. But let's go to the let's go to the charge of the church. Are we Book of Acts? I, let me get back here. Are you Book of Acts? I mean, are you really book of Acts? Hey, dude. Good to see you. Glad you could make it. Are we really book of Acts? Boy, it's a little tougher back here. I'll, I'll lease back this way. We're book of Acts. I mean, we are book of Acts. The reason why you're not, you're not helping me because you know where I'm headed. We're supposed to be book of Acts. And the book of Acts church ought to have people so drunk, the outside world saying, you got you some Jack Daniel, boy. <laughs> yeah. Cause ain't nobody act like that on their own. You, you gotta have a foreign substance in your body to make your body want to do that. And that's what I start looking around with God's people that don't know how to do anything in his. I'll get back up here. You know, I got God, I got God. It would take a chainsaw in Jesus to get you to say amen. Hang on. Here's why. Here's why preachers come and harp on these things. Because you 
create an environment. And the only environment that's conducive for a new baby to live in is a Book of Acts revival atmosphere. I just don't know why we pray them through and they never come back. We pray them through and they never come back. Work on the atmosphere. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just too simple. Maybe I just look at life through a certain lens and I ought to, maybe it ought to, maybe I ought to complicate it somehow. Y'all drunk. This, this, this is how it looks to me in Acts chapter. Y'all drunk. You, you foolish. You acting like you lost your mind. And they laid such a charge at the apostles' feet and the early church's feet that the men of God had to stand up and say, hold it. We're not drunk, as ye suppose. Wait, wait, wait. He never told them to quit. He never told the church to become sophisticated in their approach to Jerusalem. He just simply explained to the world, we're not drunk on Jack Daniels, we're not drunk on whiskey, but we've been drinking at... We've been drinking at Joe's bar for this is that, that the problem, this, this is that, this is, that's what I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about. This is the atmosphere of which miracles happen. This is the atmosphere that people are one to God. This. stop until you're ready to stop you ought to have visitors tonight looking at you like you lost your mind you ought to have first time folks saying my god I've never seen anything like this atmosphere this is good outpouring atmosphere I feel a divine wave of the Holy Ghost right now. 
because you because you because you decided we're going to be a book of Acts church we got the foundation we know how to build the walls that's the way they did it in the book of Acts that's how they acted in the book of Acts we ought to have to explain ourselves to the world If you're here and you've never received the Holy Ghost, you don't even have to stand to get it. Just lift your hands. If you're a visitor for the first time, all you've got to do is lift your hands. And see, I may not understand everything that's going on, but boy, I sure feel something. Some of you sitting there saying, man, it's foolishness. You don't have to do all of that. You're right, it is foolishness, and you don't have to do all of that. But if you want 500 souls to get the Holy Ghost, if you want an environment that is conducive for life, At the cost of committing spiritual suicide, you may be seated. Adam wasn't put just anywhere to live and procreate. God made a place for him. God made a place for him to live, to grow. Hear me well. And to reproduce. Man in the atmosphere of the church must give birth to life. So God creates an atmosphere that becomes conducive to growth. Departments must be conducive to growth to sustain momentum. The body, the body must understand its divine placement, where it is, who it is, and its divine obligation. There is an atmosphere that the body must have in order to sustain life, to reproduce life, and most of all, to have dominion of where you live. I contend the natural will reveal or mirror the heavenly. You know at the creation there was separation. There was a dividing light from darkness. Firm in its waters being divided. It was chaotic. It was upheaval. It was scary. It was even violent. But God was preparing the atmosphere for man to live in and reproduce in. I have witnessed many churches in this moment of seemingly chaos. I have seen them make bad decisions. I've seen them misread what God was doing. For it doesn't take a much spiritual man to perceive when God has turned the light off. And because we do not understand God's order of creation, we are afraid in the dark. We curse the dark. We misjudge the dark. 
But it is in that moment that God begins to move things. And people. Some of you are misjudging what God is doing here. But God knows. The climate dictates what can or cannot grow. Some things in warm climates cannot grow in Indiana. Nor in Maryland. There are things that you'll grow here that we cannot grow in California. And likewise. Why? Because the atmosphere will not support it. There are some that want to control what happens. And what doesn't happen. You, my brother. You, my sister. Have no control. You have no control. God does. There must be an atmosphere to support life. When birth takes place, Jesus doesn't want babies being born, but not sustained or aborted. He wants them to be born into a proper atmosphere with proper divine placements Gossip, rebellion against authority, a spirit of disunity will not help the right environment. Well, I don't understand that. So because I don't understand that, I'm not going to align myself with that. You're a fool. I might as well say it like I feel it tonight. You're a fool. Nobody can see in the dark. Stay the course until the light comes back on. Subduing and exercising dominion over the earth. That's what we were made for. Walking in spiritual authority. Warfare. Binding and loosing. Stopping on the devil. Breaking the self-will spirit that is the door to the enemy working in people. Jesus has his eyes upon the church. He is prepping us for a divine breakthrough at his divine moment. And if what we are preaching and sensing and feeling is God-given, then you must understand why it seems dark. Because God... Are you with me? The enemy must be defeated. The enemy must be defeated. Because the atmosphere is so critical and crucial. God will work on it. God will separate it. God will convict it. He will allow the winds of opposition to blow against it. He will allow the wheat and the chaff to stand together until harvest. And the wheat will bow. And the chaff but he's at work setting an atmosphere that is conducive for only what he knows is coming. See, the sea didn't know Adam was coming. The mountains didn't know Adam was coming. The deer didn't know Adam was coming, but God did. And so God made everything first for Adam. And then he brought Adam to what was ready for him. So God's plan has always been, I will work on the atmosphere. I will create the right climate and then I will send what I want to live in it.
So I'll say it again. The enemy must be defeated. For when the right atmosphere is, revival will happen. When the atmosphere is right, miracles will happen. When the atmosphere is right, your babies will come home. I'd run the aisles right now if I had a dream and a hope of somebody coming. Now, I understand it's Sunday night in the Pentecostal church. And I understand that we could have let it go a while ago, but I would not have been able to say what I really feel that needs to be said tonight. Change. The atmosphere. Atmospheric changes. Sometimes scare apostolic churches. Here we go. Luke chapter 9. And it came to pass that on the next day when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is mine only child. Verse 39, and lo, a spirit taken him, and suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him, that he foameth again, and bruising him hardly that departed from him. Verse 40, and I besought thy disciples to cast him out. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out. And they couldn't do it. And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you, O suffer you? Bring thy son hither. Verse 42. And as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down, tear him, and Jesus rebuked him and said, Unclean spirit. And he healed the child and delivered him again to his father. Watch me. This man is in desperate need of a miracle. A demon has got his child. And he understands that God has the power to do this. And he has heard that Jesus and his disciples can cast out devils. So he brings his son to the disciples and says, please help me. This verse scares me. Because I'm fearful how many people have come to our churches saying, we've heard. And so what we do is we bring them up here. And this man looked at Jesus and said, I believe in your disciples because they said they had your power, but nothing happens. And Jesus rebuked the devil, cleaned the child up, gave him back to his father and whirled on the disciples and said, you perverted, faithless, immature, powerless people. Are you with me? But the next chapter, verse chapter 10, and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. See, I know where I'm going and I can't hardly contain myself. Lord, we, we got power. God, we are casting out devils. And Jesus looked at them and said unto them, verse number 18 of Luke 10, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all. Oh, I want to back up and say that again. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you.
oh my God. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall ever hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice. Don't rejoice in this. That spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Hey, Lord, your disciples are powerless. We went to them and they could do nothing. And Jesus said, I'll do it. And the very next chapter, the very next chapter, the very next chapter, Jesus made a statement that said, and I beheld Satan fall like lightning. Hmm. Hmm. And immediately after that come his disciples saying, we have cast out devils like a madman slinging snot. This is awesome. This is glorious. And he said, don't rejoice in that. Watch me. He wanted them to focus on what was really important. Rejoice because your name has been recorded. Not because you have power to cast out devils. Here's what I want to say. The hardest part of living for God is not casting out devils. It's making sure your name's written there. That's why he prefaced the remark by saying, All power I've given unto you in heaven and earth. You have power over all principalities. Here we go, here we go, here we go. The minute, the minute you start making this easy and be able to grasp, we are in contention with God's church. Because it takes from us the excuse we've used. That it takes a supernatural moment. It takes angels ascending and descending. It takes all this power and glory manifesting itself and unfolding itself among us for us to do these things. And Jesus said, all power. All power. I'll say it again. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. But we'll sit right here on Sunday nights. Encumbered with life. Encumbered with sicknesses and disease. Encumbered with calamity and crisis. I got a feeling if you'd rejoice because your name's written, you'd have so much power to cast out devils, they'd run from you, not to you. Luke 9, five minutes. Luke 9, we read one of the most frustrating moments of Jesus' life. He basically says it this way. Why in the world do I put up with you? Why in the world do I make sure your bellies are full and you got places to sleep? Why would I even give you a moment of my time? Your thinking is so twisted and you are so full of doubt, you frustrate me. 
Yet in a short moment, everything changes. He is rejoicing with them. Disciples who could not cast out devils were now sending them right and left. In the space of one chapter. Okay. Let's wander through the book of Luke. You got time? Luke 3. God cast down the gauntlet in the enemy's face, basically saying, devil, a sinless one just entered your world. In Luke 4, three magnificent or significant things happen to show the power of the devil against the God of this present world. The devil tempts Jesus in the wilderness. Through the word, Jesus resisted the enemy. He overcomes the devil and the devil leaves. Jesus returned with power. Following that victory in Luke 4, we find the Lord's friends and neighbors of Nazareth turning against him. Luke 4, 29, 30, they mobbed him. They forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed through the crowd and went on his way. Are you ready? In Luke 4, the synagogue of Capernaum, the devil cried out against Jesus. Then, the same evening, many devils were loosed against him. Luke 4 and 40. That was 4. Chapter 5, the dead religious church system. Scribes and Pharisees attack him. Chapter 6, and they that were filled with madness, and they that were filled with madness and commune one with another what they might do to Jesus. The same system plotted his death later. That's Luke 6. Jesus said the devil is a murderer from the beginning. And he told the religious system, you want to do the desires of your father, the devil. In other words, your flesh will always want to kill the miraculous. Because the miraculous makes demands upon the flesh. Luke 7, the righteous preacher John is killed. Luke 8. Nature rose up against its own creator. A storm battered the boat that held Jesus. But he rebuked his creation. The wind and the waves. What is this? What is the opposition? Supernatural evil was behind the storm. Recipients of a great miracle rose up against Jesus. He had healed the Gadarene demonic. But the townspeople of Gadara said, go, watch. He healed the man from Gadara. He cleaned him up. But the town folk said, you got to go. You know what it was? It was the very people that thought more of their flesh than they did the miraculous. Luke 9. Please don't turn me off yet. Luke 9. Jesus forbade his 12 disciples to preach. Their words weren't for his glory, he said. They spoke words of their enemy, asking if Jesus wanted them to call fire from heaven to kill all the people. Then all the disciples start fussing about who's the greatest in the kingdom. One week from Calvary, they're having this discussion. Jesus is contending with what? They wanted to destroy those that were lost and arguing about who had what position. They couldn't cast out a devil in verse 40. And in verse 46, they're talking about who's going to be the greatest. Hang on to me. Hang on to me. This is what happens when the atmosphere is in need of changing. You'll always have people jockeying for positions. You'll always have people seeking power. You'll always have flesh at its best. You see the real fruit of what the real tree really is. And so God looks at it and says, you don't know what's coming, but I do. And in order for you to sustain what I'm fixing to give you, I'm going to have to work on you. 
in order for it to live here. I got to work on here for it. But there will be a day when it comes here. In the first nine chapters of the book of Luke, a multitude of aggressive demons attacked the Lord. But all of a sudden, from Luke 10, you only see two devils. Now, I brought it all to here. So you got all this chaos. You've got all these multitudes of devils, multitudes of demons attacking, following him. He's casting them out right and left. Legions. Everybody say legions. Legions is more than one. And Jesus is whittling them away. I mean, he's just, uh, he is putting a whooping on them right and left. But from Luke 10 on, he only casts out. Look up here, Antioch. The things that you have battled, the things that you have warred for years against. It's in its last fluttering moment of life. And you have to understand what God is doing to this atmosphere. And the worst thing you can do is keep fighting an old battle. And that's why, that's why it's important while I'm here. To worship. Because it's time to celebrate. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen among four or five hundred. Sometimes we get addicted to the battle. We don't know when it's over. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because there's a change in the atmosphere. And when the atmosphere is changed, there's going to be so much life. Is it possible that you're going to have to come early on Sunday night to get you a place to sit? Yes. 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 Because people need the right atmosphere. Stay standing. Don't move from where you are. Stay standing. In Luke 10, only two demons come to Jesus. That's it. What changed? What happened? The atmosphere changed. Because in Luke 11, the same disciples that were, that were fighting and fussing over placement next to a throne, all of a sudden on the bended knee, look at their Messiah and say, teach us to pray. Watch me. Teach me to pray. The spiritual climate changed. People want to pray when the spiritual climate's right. They hunger. 
They ask. They seek. They knock. They weep. They fast. They worship. In the same chapter, in the same chapter, Luke 11, 12, 13, and now 14, after they prayed, 14 says, the multitudes marveled. What happened? The people were gathered thickest, thick together, verse 29, multitudes thick together. Chapter 16 and 16, Jesus said, every one is pressing their way into the kingdom. The whole world went crazy for Jesus. Let me tell you something, Antioch. If you'll let God do what God's trying to do to you right now in this season, all of Annapolis will want to see Jesus. You can't formulate a program. You can't concoct a scheme. It's when God's people humble themselves and pray. It's when God's people seek heaven. It's when God's people go to worshiping. The atmosphere becomes right. The climate becomes right. I know, I know I'm taking, I'm taking a while. I know, I know. Luke 10, from 10 on, from 10 on, from 10 on. Jesus goes on the offensive. Everything up to 10, he was on the defense. But now 10 and forward, he's on the offense. He challenged hypocrisy. He silenced their accusations. He rebuked the gossip, the discord. What happened? For you see, when the devil thought he had the God of this world, the prince, the Lord of glory on the ropes, then and only then is the true power of God in full display. What was it? It happened in Luke 10. It happened in Luke 10. When everything is chaotic. When everything was at its worst. When nobody could find nor figure out what was happening. When they couldn't, when they couldn't buy a devil to be cast out. When they had no power, all of a sudden Jesus stood and made one simple statement. I beheld Satan. Fall. He said, I just had to stop a minute and remember something. I, the Lord of glory, have gotten so focused on this chaos that I forgot you've already been defeated. I mean, you're in here tonight and your world is chaos and you can't find the light switch. I just want to rise and tell you the Holy Ghost sent me to tell you he beheld Satan fall. Your victory is in your rearview mirror. Your battle is not in front of you. It's. Somebody ought to get an open eye view of this thing. Satan is already defeated. The prince of this world is already cast down the church.
Fellas, if you could only cast out a devil, my God, if we only had power, if somehow I could impart to you what is needed for you to grasp this moment. This is Jesus, what he's thinking about his disciples. If somehow you could see what I'm up against, if somehow you could help me and not work against me, and in that moment, even Jesus had to stand back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All power. Okay, okay. All right, I know. I, I, I probably committed suicide a while ago. Jesus rebuked his disciples for having no power. But when he saw Satan fall from heaven, he then turns and said, you have all power. Wait, 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 wait. When did Satan fall? Come up here, man of God. Come here. You got to say it in this. Come on. When did Satan fall? Before creation. Wait, wait, wait. Come here, theologian. So let me follow you here. Before the world was, Jesus whooped the devil. That's right. And then he put us to live in an atmosphere that is conducive for the church. The church needs a divine revelation of our authority, of our dominion. We are not where are you at, Antioch. It's going to take more than just a flimsy amen. You've got to rise. You've got to cast out devils. All power is given to the church. Go ahead. I know our natural reaction is to hit our knees. But there are divine moments when God wants the church to stand. God wants the church to flex its muscles and say, Devil, I want to remind you of something. Before I was, you were already created, but you were also defeated. You are finished. God put me here for your ultimate demise. You ought to shout with me, all power, all power, nothing shall hurt you, nothing shall hurt you.
In my text, in my text of Luke, Jesus whirled around and said, Fear not. I want you to hear me. It's a difficult task to get men to believe that the very devils that caused them to run are now suddenly. And that's where this church is tonight. This church is used to Bishop taking the pulpit and leading the charge. Because it's easy to have confidence in anybody else but yourself. The greatest compliment this church could pay Bishop is when you do it. And the Holy Ghost looked at men who just verses previous, he said, I rebuke you. You are faithless and you are perverse. A few verses later, he says, unto you, all power is given. When you stand back and realize this was never about me, it'll never be about me. Because it's not about me. It's about God and Lucifer. I just get to be the mouthpiece of God. Are you ready? Fear not. Fear not. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I don't have a lick of verse or Bible to back this up. I'm just convinced. I want to qualify that. That Mary wasn't the first chick the angel visited. Because they all knew the story. But it's when they found out how it was going to happen. They said. Jeff, I'm out. No. Send me my man first. Do it my way and cultural way. I'll accept it. But you are asking me to defy culture. This church has been placed in a strategic moment of destiny to defy logic. It's not your first time. But the test will be like it was on all the other virgins when they heard it. When you hear how crazy it is. Do you have the ability... To do this. Let me get this right. 
pregnant without a man. A mama before marriage. Right? And the angel said, right. And she said, hmm. Mary, you're crazy. They're going to laugh at you. Joseph can kill you. He can put you away. Your daddy can disown you. I am tired of hearing about a Messiah that wants to come. If he can use this. Is Antioch tired of hearing about a revival that's coming? Are you tired of hearing about a moment that's coming? Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands and voices. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Mr. Soundman, can you hear me up there? Won't you do me a favor? Won't you turn this house up? I want you. To, I want everybody in the back. I want their britches to shake under the sound of the voice. Can you hear me good? There's fixing to be a transference of power to this church. Those of you that ran in fear of your enemies are all of a sudden going to have power over your enemy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. You're going to have power over them. And you will marvel tonight at how much power and authority moves into this sanctuary. But when it happens, do not forget, the greatest celebration that is deserved is the fact Jesus saved your hide. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take dominion and authority over every spirit of fear, every lying accusation of the enemy that wars against the minds of the people of this church. I take dominion and authority right now. 
I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind every lie. I bind every accusation. I bind every tormenting thought in the name of Jesus. I take dominion and authority right now in Jesus' name. I release confidence. I lose faith. I lose boldness. I lose the ability to upon the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I release the operation of the miraculous through the lives of the people of God in this church in the name of Jesus I release the operation of the miraculous in Jesus name the opening of the blinded eyes the opening of the deaf ears the the healing of the crippled and the lame in the name of Jesus deliverance of the captive deliverance of those that are bound in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus apostolic revival and harvest to break into every neighborhood every community every apartment complex every place of residence in the name of Jesus 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 we speak to the ingathering of the harvest God that you have already promised to us that it would now come to fruition that the laborers would go forth God into the fields that are ripe and begin to gather begin to bring in God in the name of Jesus begin to gather that harvest that is already ripened that is already ready that is already prepared in the name of Jesus 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 in the name of Jesus
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back, to the east and to the rest, to release that which belongs to us, to release what God has already given to us, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Anytime the Holy Ghost dealt with the church about a, a move or a grasping of what he had provided, the first thing he had to deal with was fear. The natural tendency of a man, fear. We were built, for whatever reason, to fear the unknown. You live in the world of five senses. If it does not exist in those five senses, we do not believe it can exist. But what God is doing in the earth today does not live nor abide in five senses. The fabric, the moral fabric of society is unraveling before your eye. The decline of a nation built on Christianity is crumbling under your feet. The Antichrist is here. Because the spirit of the Antichrist is in full force. And the church that seemingly couldn't cast out a devil 30 minutes ago is now suddenly positioned all power. How many needs a miracle right now? How many needs a miracle right now? Run, run, run. You're walking. Run. Unless you're physically unable. Run. Run. Get up here quickly. Lift your hands. All power. All power. All power. All power. All power. Don't rejoice that demons are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name. Your name, all power. Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever they have need of, whatever their miracle is need, now, 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 not because I demand it, but because I speak it in your name, heal what needs to be healed, fix what needs to be fixed. All power. You won't get it if you fear. You won't get it if you let doubt rob you. But all power. Okay, stop, 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 stop praying. Look at me, look at me. No, we're not going that route. We're not going the same old road. It leads to the same old place. 
Look at me. Look at me. And I saw Satan. I saw Satan fall. Go ahead. Finished. Finished. Over. It doesn't matter what he says now. The church. church is victorious you hear that devil you hear that Antioch that's the church of Jesus Christ that's the church that has all power all authority Our problem is not a weak God. Our problem is not a powerless Savior. Our problem is the same problem it's been throughout time. We just can't see ourselves ruling and reigning because we've been beggars and paupers all our life. We just, we just can't do it because how, how do you take an old country thing and put it on a throne to rule? I'll tell you how. You're going to stand there and try to figure it out. You're going to stand right there and try to figure it out. You're going to try to use logic to say, okay, well, if that happens and that happens and they do this and they do that, then it shall come to be. It won't ever, it just won't work like that. You're just going to have to get a moment like Sunday night at Antioch right now when the Holy Ghost says, 
I'm going to put something in your womb that's going to change the world. You just got to throw your hands up and say, it doesn't matter who likes it or who doesn't like it. It doesn't matter if they understand it or not. Be it unto me according.
I wonder if we could just all close our eyes. I want us just a few more moments here. Come on. Just, just, just allowing what God has done. Just a few more moments here for it to settle into our spirits. For it to take root, that it can be activated. Come on, this isn't about just going through the motions and doing what we're used to doing. But it's stepping into a new place. It's moving into a new realm and a new dimension. It's going beyond just having good church and a good altar call so that we can felt like we had good church and a good altar call. But it's about God doing what He wants to do so that when we go out of here, we can take it with us. And what God is wanting to do can begin to operate through us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sika ramando lobo shata rabaka yalolobo sata bahaya. Yalalamando robo sata la lobo koshata. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ayalalabo koreti yalalabahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Ila la ba korobosata, la la mando robosata ba. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Haya la la bo kosata la la. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our human perspective tells us it's going to take God as long to turn it around as it's taken us to go through it. But when God decides it's time, when God decides it's time, the widow woman knocked on the judge's door for a while. But when he responded, he responded speedily. The children of Israel wandered for 40 years. 40 years. And then Joshua stood up and declared, Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Not 40 years from now, but tomorrow. I know what you've been dealing with 40 years, but tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. Oh, hallelujah. I say it's time we stop dreading tomorrow and we now start looking forward to tomorrow. No more fear of what's going to go wrong tomorrow, but expectation of what God is going to do tomorrow. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody glad tonight you haven't given up in the darkness? Anybody glad that somehow by the grace of God you held on through the evening when you didn't understand and you couldn't see, but now you know God was doing something extremely significant? Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 my. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I need to make a couple of quick announcements and then I'm going to dismiss you, remind you tomorrow night, I know this is not the norm now, but tomorrow night, service tomorrow night, God continuing what He is doing. God continuing what He is doing. Please be here. Get here as quickly as you can. 
more than likely, we, we won't drag things out tomorrow night. So I realize some of you on a, on a work night legitimately have trouble getting here at 7, but I encourage everyone to be as close to 7 as you can, be a part from the very beginning of what God is doing and continuing to do. I, I got a feeling there's a bunch of folks here that don't want to miss. Be it unto me. Every moment and every opportunity, be it unto me, according to your word. So tomorrow night at 7, we will have service, regular scheduled service on Thursday night as well, uh, this week. So tomorrow night and Thursday. And then um, next weekend, we have a regular scheduled here. Baltimore has service Saturday night with Brother Jordan in uh, Baltimore. But um, other than that, regular schedule. Remind you, youth and young adults, this weekend is Recharge, Maryland, D.C. District Recharge. Friday evening, the bus is leaving at 5 p.m., returning at 1.30 a.m. And if you'd like to go, if you need more information, you can see um, Brother Zach and Sister Martina Miss Lannick and get some more details from them. Praise God. Amen. Now, we're going to try this one more time. But if it doesn't work tonight any better than it normally works, we, we, we can't keep doing this. I, I, I really would think you, you'd be ready to give more at the end of all of this. I, I think you'd, I think it'd kind of be overflowing. Some, I'm not trying to put a wet blanket or a damper on anything, but for some reason when we take offerings this way, that doesn't usually work very well. So we're going to try it one more night. The ushers are standing at the doors, asking you, encouraging you as you go to give your offering. Thankful for what God has done. Give a little bit more than what you were going to give. Praise God. One more time, I just want us to lift our hands and I want us to give God thanks for this word tonight. Thanks for the activation that has taken place here tonight. And we haven't heard just another sermon, just another message. But not only have we heard God speak to us, we have also experienced God do something in us and through us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this season. Thank you for this new day. Thank you for this new moment you've brought us into. Thank you for this atmosphere, God, that you have created that is necessary for the fulfillment of what you're doing and going to do. Thank you for giving us the opportunity and the privilege to be participants, to be partakers of it, God. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And now how about we give him one more hand clap of praise as a part of our thanksgiving. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you in Jesus' name.